the Yankees pregame guy is wearing some like mint green Converse with some right now. Yeah, with a mismatched suit and no tie. It's a disaster. Nobody intervened. They might have. To be honest, I, when I worked at Fox Sports Detroit, Martin Cleves used to wear basketball shorts on the bottom half every single time on set. And they did have like a stand up area on that set. But he was just like, now nah, I'm precluded. I got to sit behind the desk. I wear basketball shorts. Wardrobe on stuff is so weird. I When I was an extra on This Is Us, I came to set wearing my Filson Levi's collab jacket. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in the background. No one's going to see me. At least I can wear something that's like not totally whack. And they're like, wait, hold on, guy. This is way too cool. <laughs> they maybe wear some like, you know, some crappy like H&M shit that they just happen to have on the rack. We're not sponsored by these people. Yeah. Do you remember like on um, uh, the real world, how they would like blur out people's logos? Oh, yeah. They don't do that anymore. Maybe I just don't watch enough uh, reality TV or they've gotten like savvy enough that they can do it without you seeing that like big you know, pixelated mass floating around on TV. I think wardrobe's a little more contained now. Um, I think they get better directions when they show up, but I also think we were in like a logo heavy era for a while. This is very true. I feel like there was probably like a lot of real world contestant billabong t-shirt collection crossover. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, Billabong, like, Rusty, O'Neal, like... Yeah, Quicksilver. Like they, the the Sun crowd. Yeah, I feel like there was a big cross. You had to have at least one cast member that brought 20 of them. So, speaking of blurring, the Bachelorette is back, and something that the Bachelor franchise does is if someone's wearing, like, a thong bikini, they try and, like, paint... They try and post, like, paint, like, a wider suit bottom onto the ass of the person wearing it so they try and make it subtle but they try and like draw on a bigger suit bottom yeah this is embarrassing that started with a contestant named jillian who they would just put a box around like her entire bottom half <laughs> albert how'd you get on how'd you get on new balance flow team so it's not i'm not officially on flow team it's just so i got you know through this tiktok nonsense someone it's like this verified Instagram hit me up and they seem they're like a they do like PR or like influencer stuff and, and they were like, Hey, here's some really ugly shoes that you might like. And I was like, they want to give me these these like nasty they were like they're like those like driving shoes, you know what I mean? Those like Yeah, it's a bad beat. They didn't send you those like Frankenstein shoes that were like half produced with like pieces of leather flying off of them? Not it's it was like some like like I mean the the spirit of it was good. It was like a recycled plastic or something made into these like driving shoes but it was just they were so awful to look at and i was like there's no way i'm gonna wear these but is there anything else that you might did they do they come with diesel jeans <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean i'm sure i could have thrown my weight around and but they they sent me this like excel sheet with all these different websites and they were like hey just choose and there would be like an amount of product i could choose from each site so New Balance is the most legit of all of those. And I also got like a like a crate of uh, kombucha. <laughs> um, and uh, there's like a random brands that they had deals with. And I guess and I heard about it that my friend who's um, who's an actress, she was like invited. They have like a physical space too in L.A. And basically the scam is just like they give away s shit for free to people, assuming that they'll, you know, talk about it online. Um, 
So I got a pair of 993s and the 990 V5 and a pair of the 327s, I believe, and then a pair of trail running shoes. The scam worked. At what point are you going to stop calling it the silly TikTok thing and start calling it your your profession? My profession? I don't know. I mean, when will TikTok? I I don't know, man. It's uh, I guess it is. It is how I'm uh, how I'm sort of uh, making ends meet these days. So it is my it's my metier. Is it, is it actually paying? Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I never yeah. know how TikTok works. I keep hearing people make money. I don't think that I don't think that any brands understand how TikTok works because. They pay me to do stuff and then they, the videos don't do well because they're sort of disingenuous. But then I got the money and I'm, you know, I run off. Hey, I mean, as long as they continue not to know how they work, <laughs> I'm cheering for you on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Reed. All right, well, welcome to Blowout. If you hadn't caught on yet, it's uh, me, Reed, and Albert here. You know, we were talking about uh, like Billabong and like old graphic tees. It reminded me of I went to the mall for the first time in like a year uh, this past weekend. Have, have any of you been to the mall like since COVID? I went to a mall during COVID, and I was and I was really shocked at, at what I saw. It was not it's a good extremely scene. cursed energy at the mall right now. Like, you know, this is my first yeah. time in a while. And I went to like the more upscale mall that uh, like has the, the good running shoe store like outside of it. And I like went in of just like, I'm at the mall. What's the mall like these days? I'm interested. Like I'm a I'm someone who works in fashion and like retail adjacent space. I feel like I should know what's going on in there. Very strange, very, very strange, because like the only people wearing masks still are the people that work there, and they have like all these little like bouncer lines out in front of each store, so like outside of like Yankee Candle Co, there's like someone there with an iPad, and like there's a line of like six people waiting to get in to smell the candles, and it's like this at like maybe half the stores. Do you have to make an appointment at Yankee Candle Co? I'm, I'm guessing you could. I didn't, so I didn't get in. But I was just like, I hate this. I want out of here right now. This just feels like a, uh, in some ways, just like, I don't know. The mall has always felt sort of icky in a way, uh, except for really old malls that haven't been updated in forever. But uh, yeah, the mall was, was not a great experience. I was in and out like as fast as I could of just like, oh, I walked to the end and back. Like the Cinnabon's not here anymore. What am I doing? I'm going to turn around. The mall by me, when I went during COVID, it was very much like the, the men here are wearing their, it's called the, there's a Glendale Galleria, which is an indoor mall. And then next to that is the Americana. The Americana. Americana, which is outdoors and it's a little less egregious, but, but. Mm -hmm. um, it has fake snow in the wintertime, I remember. Yeah, it's pretty strange, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then once I went with my roommate, because when we moved here, it was an, it was, uh, in August and we had to go to target and the mall, the interior of them, all the stores that had like 
like entrances to the outside were open at that point, but the interior of the mall was mm-hmm. closed to the public. But no one's really monitoring that. So we accidentally walked into like an entirely empty mall, which was a very spooky feeling. It felt like a zombie movie or something. Then mm. there is Dawn of the Dead uh, famously taking place in the mall. But yeah, I feel like the, the empty mall would have been less spooky than like the current mall that I was in, which was just like a lot of very old people like on walkers, just like nowhere else to go because it's hot outside, I guess. And uh, the like schism I noticed at least between like extremely high end and extremely low end retail. There's like nothing in the middle anymore, like which we talked about last year about how like JC Penny, Brooks Brothers, J. Crew, like all those places went belly up. Um, and you have either like the place that's selling like Rolexes or like the Louis Vuitton store was in this mall, or you have like Spencer's Gifts right across from it and like a Wetzel's Pretzels. And I don't know, it feels sort of like the, the house divided it's against itself cannot stand in the American mall. And I'm unsure where malls go from here as like the retail apocalypse was already in full force before COVID. And I'm unsure if this is a thing that's going to like bring it back because people just want to get the fuck like out of their houses and like, why not go wait in line at Yankee Candle Co? Um, but I'm unsure, like nothing in there, like that entire building was really of any appeal to me to buy except for the Cinnabon, which wasn't there anymore. I said, but Wetzel's remained. Wetzel's remained, but Wetzel's garbage. Fine. Wetzel's strong. Not even an Orange Julius in there anymore, either. Still the strangest treat. But the, the one last point on malls, I guess, is that, like, I feel like in my lifetime, maybe it's just my perception as a kid that the mall was this glamorous, like, exclusive place to go. But the, the like, shopping mall from, like, the 1980s through, I guess, like, the early 2000s, like, that seems to be a trend that's completely, like, pretty much done for. And like I, I couldn't imagine like more shopping malls being built these days, and it seems like it's going to be a like slow decline in death from here on out. And mm, not super sad about it, I guess, but it is like the death of a culture um, that was very important for a lot of people, uh, at, at least in our age and, and a little bit younger or a little bit older. Yeah, I both wrote about the state of malls quite a bit when I was at well spent doing new stuff over there and also had the privilege of working at a mall kind of recently um, when I was cleaning up J crews um, specifically one J crew, I guess. Yeah. Malls are weird. Like especially in big cities, like I haven't been to one in forever because New York, we definitely have them, but it's like the city's kind of a mall. Um, there's that one in Columbus Circle, I think, is the only one I can think yeah, of. Yeah, I'm not going to Columbus Circle. there's, like, the Fulton Mall, which isn't really a mall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, like, sort of everything down, too, by, like, Atlantic Terminal, but those are just, like, big box. Like, it's, like, Target and uh, Uniqlo. It's, like, the only Uniqlo in Brooklyn. Um, but I haven't been back in one of those yet. I, I've really only, like, I've gone into the big stores of Manhattan, but I don't really know what place malls occupy, especially in the age of internet isn't specific enough, but it's like, I feel like it's like Amazon ASOS, like even essence sale season shout, shout out that glorious time run right now. But like, 
I mean, you can just sort of cover every base with beyond relative ease. Like malls getting there was always hard. Like finding parking was like, like a literal Seinfeld episode, you know, like, like I feel like these, it's utility was like very much centered in a specific time. And yeah, I know like some of them are trying to become like co-working spaces. Like they're, they're trying to figure out ways to do it. Like a lot of, especially here, like the, co-working at the mall. Well, like they're just like trying to figure out like ways to yeah repurpose that space in, in Atlantic or in the one where, or DeKalb market down in downtown Brooklyn, David, you know that one where they got all those? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's all the, the food stalls in the basement. Yeah. Like what they've done there is I think a lot of direct to consumer brands have just put showrooms up. You know, so it's like you got like a Casper showroom. You got Bonobo. Like you can't walk out of any of those stores with product. Like if you were carrying things out, you didn't. Like someone will stop you because you didn't pay for them. Like they don't have a cash register. Like that's that's the kind of retail that's coming. Yeah, like I feel like that's almost. I mean, in that way, you can probably display more products anyway. You don't need to keep inventory in the back. Get your money's worth for the space. Yeah, and I feel like you know, even you know, when I go. There's no Uniqlo in LA that ever has anything I want. Like, there's never going to be be like Uniqlo used stuff, and that's the, I feel like it's the problem with malls is that even the brands that you, even those kind of middle mid range brands that are really are or are mostly on top of their game and are making interesting product, they can't really hold inventory in that interesting product in the mall space because it's not going to move, I assume, or it's, it's too high a price point or something. So I feel like, yeah, I brave the parking. I get in there. I, you know, I share air with a bunch of strangers and then I can't find anything that I even want. So. Yeah. I remember when uh, I lived in LA about 10 years ago, that was when uh, Nick Wooster was in charge of like the JC Penny, like JCP line. And I was in the Glendale Galleria in that JCPenney <laughs> and being like, oh, let's, let's have a look at what uh, Mr. Wooster is putting out for, for JCP and just seeing it and being like, oh, this is actually like somewhat decent quality and it's like an Oxford shirt for like $16. Something and like all of it was marked down. They had like every single size. Nobody was buying any of it. And I was like, well, this is, this is why they fired that guy. <laughs> it's like it's decent stuff, but nobody wanted it. And it, it, was, it was cheap. You couldn't find Aldens in San Francisco because there was already like a built-in Alden market, both because of like Carmel, which was close by, and, and at that point Union Made was established. But like anything that those stores, like New Balances, sold okay. But like, I mean, you could get a pair of like anything in that In Good Company line for Markdown, you know, seventy percent probably. If you just sort of sat around on it, all that Wallace and Barn stuff just sat, never moved anywhere. That's the real tragedy is that uh, all of these big box stores were basically like being subsidizing people like us, like Uber and Lyft have for forever, just being like propped up by venture capital so people can like uh, ride for cheaper than they should be. It's that, but so like we can buy Aldens for cheaper than they should be. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. And I mean, I feel like, you know, this is the same, or I guess I'm circling back to my sentiment about Uniqlo not having what I want. Like, I feel like that's the same if I, if I do happen upon a Nike store or any kind of shoe store in the mall, I'm not going to find anything that I actually want. It's going to be, I like, I know that there's good, there are good shoes being dropped, 
And it's okay. You have a counterpoint to that? No, I, I was gonna say, it's actually a really fascinating point because when you just mentioned that, it's like, I don't actually, now that I'm trying to remember, like aside from people going for very specific things, David needed running shoes this past weekend. He went for running shoes. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's going to one of these stores and walking out with like three bags of merch. Right. Like, I don't like what type of, like, I, I assume it's a tourist, but at the same time, like someone coming who doesn't have a Nike store nearby, but you're sort of just like wondering being like, how do you have this much brand awareness and this much excitement around this store, but also not know about their online shopping operation? Mm. It's people whose iPads have died. That's, that's, that's a good... <laughs> right. But... And they need to go buy the iPad cord. And uh, that's what gets them in. I think like most malls are being like held afloat by Apple stores. No, I mean, I think you're in, in long-term leases, but no, Albert, it was, it was an, it was a really interesting point because it's like the general lease stuff, even if it's a good G, like general release, it sells through like new balance did their own version of the five fifties that like, uh, Amelia Ondore did. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like three weeks, four weeks ago, maybe longer. I have no concept of time at this point, but those things sold almost as quickly as, as the limited run did. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, they were just like a couple shades off on all the colorways, but it's not like you could have walked in. I don't know if New Balance has free sitting stores to be honest, but like, it's not like you could have walked into a, a foot locker or a foot action and grabbed a pair of those five fifties. If you just wanted a pair of five fifties, the way that like, and it, I, I guess it never really was that way like i mean it hasn't been for years like people always talk about these like weird like halcyon days of sneaker collecting it's like i was on nike talk in 03 like occasionally we'd get crazy like we had jordan 5 b grades in the bins at the nike outlet at one point but serious collectors don't want b grades like just you know it's like it's a different market at that point um and so it wasn't like you could have ever grabbed like the hottest pair of whatever at a footlocker even if there was decent numbers like there was always a line and they would always run through that first day. But like, you could always sort of like catch stuff you'd want to wear. Like I could walk in there and be like, oh shit, there's like a pair of like the white and navy one lows and I'll walk out with those. Or like, I need a new pair of Air Forces or like Vans Eras or just like something. But now it doesn't feel like, like I'd rather go to Undefeated or somewhere small, medium small to do that. Not in New York. Undefeated is not in New York. But like, you know, like I'd rather do that and support like a, a small account store or I'll just go online if I don't have the time to do it. Well, I, I, have, a, I have a friend who, um, who is... So when I started going viral on TikTok, my friends finally started to respect my fashion advice. So I had a friend who's like trying to get... He's been wanting to get new shoes. He's always had like these shoes I fucking hate, you know? And He's got a lot of my hand-me-down, so I was like, let's, let's round out this bit. Let's take you to get some shoes. And my first place, I'm like, obviously, let's go to Undefeated, because there was an Undefeated across from Self-Edge, despite the fact that the people weren't very nice to me. The selection was always very good. <laughs> That's their brand. And, and I went to the one in Silver Lake, and there were, there were so many shoes that were like unbranded brand, or sorry, Undefeated branded ones. So like, you couldn't get a regular Chuck 70. They all had like, this undefeated spin and i couldn't even find you know like they're the place i would go for you know a good classic shoe and i couldn't even find one because they had they'd kind of you know mangled all of these classics um so and maybe they're a case of getting like you know interestingly sized i guess or interestingly scaled for the size they are where they had a ton of access like every sort of company they work with allowed them to do their own 
something. But yeah, like, you know, like when I was in San Francisco, I'd try to go to Dark Side Initiative for just to like replace some vans or replace something like that. Or, you know, now that I'm New York's a little different because everywhere basically needs to have money to start. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like Kith is a mom and pop shop um, to go shop. I'll, I'll still go in and kit to Kith and check it out. And they still have great selection and like the buyers there do a great job. Um, but yeah, it's a very different, like, it's a very different universe. Like, I feel like, you know, you're not, there's, there's very limited discovery, which malls were great for discovery. But with, you know, I mean, we're on Instagram, we follow the places we like, we know what pieces are out there. Like, you're not going to come across something you've never seen on the racks there, maybe something you couldn't try on before. But at this point, most people, I swear, are trying stuff on in store to shop it online anyway. And when I when I went to Vegas with my friends, they were all gambling. I didn't really want to gamble. And I was like, there's a point in the day where you're walking around and to get out of the heat, we were going into like the shoe stores that are on the strip. And I was like, you know, I'll channel some of this, like, you know, this energy that they're, th- this gambling energy. I was like, well, I'll just buy a pair of shoes. It's like, uh, it's something I'll get to keep. It won't be so quite as wasteful as like blowing on the slots or something. And we went to a couple of places and I, we went to a designer shoe warehouse. Uh, you know, you know, I, I remember that's where I'd like my mom would take me as a kid for shoes. And then I was, I remember that feeling. It's like, there's not a goddamn thing in this place that I want to wear. And it's like, I mean, you know, getting to do like the the sort of buying i've been able to do for the heddle shop it's really it's a really fun thing you can do and i just wonder who does the buying for like some of these shoe stores because it's like algorithms algorithms because yeah they're not even they're not (laughs) even getting the like uh like yeah there's not even like classic air force ones they're like there's all these really bizarre almost yeah i mean maybe that nike is trying to offload some crap on these on these outlets but yeah, like not even a classic, not even a simple, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm outraged. Um, yeah, I mean, you talk about discovery that uh, I am way more excited to go into a Goodwill than I ever am to go into a mall. It's like you never know what you're going to get and like no two have the same stock. Whereas like you go into a mall, you're pretty sure what every place is going to have and you know like what their what their vibe is generally. And there's there's nothing that's going to like rock your world that you're going to see like on the wall at a finish line. And to Albert's point, when we were younger, it used to be a lot of those stores would have marked down, marked down like you know, just sort of standard market items. And now they've just completely pivoted where those will be marked for whatever reason. The value doesn't really matter. Like the value loss, they'll just mark shit down next to full price stuff on their own site. Or in their own in their own place, and there's like specific down market items made at a lower quality, at that lower price point. Um, so the folks that rely on those stores aren't even getting as good stuff. Like I remember when I was younger, you go to TJ Maxx and find weird like good stuff. Like there was a moment when mm-hmm. you like Marshalls. I remember got some. Fra- yeah, you could find LVC stuff. There. Yeah, Marshalls got fragments at the fragment Jordans at one point, which were like flipping for like over a grand, and they just sort of showed up on the shelves one day, like. The Nike outlet I was working at got some Supreme Jordan collab stuff a while back. Like you just sort of see things sort of roll in. And there was like, there was a reason to go to these places in the hopes that you could find something cool at, you know, like a really great rate and also get stuff you needed, socks or whatever. And now I just feel like it's just like, yeah, it's a hundred of the exact same thing lined up because an algorithm told it to do so. We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes, you just need to slow down 
and stop. Heddles Plus, the noon membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code Extra Blowout. Another topic is uh, that Reigning Champ was just bought by a company called Eritzia, um, which uh, is just like a big conglomerate of a bunch of other companies like this. Which I, I knew that Reigning Champ was um, independent, that they uh, were their own thing based in Vancouver and they were part of a knitting factory that they had their own production. And so they were just bought for $63 million or at a valuation of $63 million. Is that low or high, you think, for any champ? Hard to say, because like they had their own production, so I would have thought it would maybe be a bit more because they were doing a lot of white label stuff. But the, the press release that was provided isn't, um, doesn't put a lot of light onto whether their production comes with it. Not that anyone that's like making this kind of a purchase would probably want to continue making in Canada. I know a bunch of women that love uh, those Aritzia stores. Yeah, a lot. It's I feel like it came out of nowhere. There's a lot of girls I know who fucked with it heavy. Yeah, speaking of buying, like they do a great job buying there. I, I have no idea. It's, I'm sure it's not, as far as sustainability is concerned, I'm sure that stuff is not great. But uh, yeah, really popular. And they're, they're also in Canada. So maybe they, they will want to keep it in the backyard, but... Um, I don't know. I was never a huge fan of Raining Champ stuff. Like I, I tried on and like tested a bunch of their stuff for reviews here and was like, eh, they, their blends always felt a little bit off and they felt a little bit too long and like narrow and too much like superfluous stuff stitched onto it. It always felt constricting for a knitwear company. Yes. It always was like, no matter how much I sized it up, I was like, I'm wearing like an XL and I feel like I couldn't do a jumping jack right now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was weird for me, just because it's like literally workout shit. Um, yeah, I knew something was up because I walked by the La Brea store. Speaking of that, right next to the one that was like three doors down from Undefeated Albert, um, I walked past it recently. And it was completely cleared out, so I was like, "That's ah, not a great sign." That was a flagship. Yeah, I mean, that was a weird store. I felt like there were a lot of goofy-looking dudes walking in and out of there when I worked at Self Edge, and there was also like, I think that they got cleaned out. Um, over the summer uh, when there were some some, like, you know, there were some very selective uh, hype beast break-ins that happened on La Brea uh, and all over LA uh, during that. Yeah. It's like, you know, some people are trying to say it's like, it was just like wholesale uh, chaos. And it's like, that's not true. It's like a couple of hype beasts, like knew what they were going to hit. Round two got absolutely demolished. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Raining Champ was always, it was always interesting. Didn't they do Supreme blanks for a minute at one point? Am I wrong about that? Um, I'm pretty sure they used to make Supreme Supreme blanks for a while, both for their sweatshirts and their t-shirts, like all their knit stuff. Um, it's really good quality. Also, Supreme is like, I feel like a strange shape for all how popular it is. Like those tees always kind of fit kind of a little, little funky. Um, where did Wings and Horns go? No idea. Like Wings and Horns was like the, the, the like slightly upper tier version of Reigning Champ that I always thought like fit and finish was a lot better on those. And I this is a thing that like I hadn't thought about Wings and Horns or Wings plus Horns. Like I don't know you're supposed to say it out loud. Uh, since like I last saw them at the trade shows, which was maybe three or four years ago. Were they related um, in any capacity? 
besides being Canadian? Oh, yeah, they were they were both owned. Yeah, they were both owned and made in the same factory. Welcome back to our product corner until we figure out the name for it that is alliterative and uh, has a bumper. I bought something. I've been wanting to talk about this for, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm really interested too. Like I've been waiting almost a year for you to buy something on this show. <laughs> I, even, I know how this plays out and I'm still so excited. Don't get too excited. Don't get, don't get too excited because uh, I bought those uh, engineered garments, Sebagos. The uh, cover decks, I bought them in the exotic, like, snakeskin faux leather. Uh, and I was really excited about them, and I got them, and then I boxed them up and sent them back about an hour later. An hour. Yeah. 60 minutes. Pretty much. But they were, I really liked them. I really liked the way that they looked. I thought that they the, the sizing I got correct, even through buying shoes like over the internet. But the construction was absolutely dog shit for a $350 <laughs> shoe. It was wow. like a thing that I had deluded myself into thinking that like the engineered garments would overcome the Sebago side of it. But it was just like made like a like crappy sneaker, like uh, cosplaying as a moccasin that it had like an EVA, like foam rubber insole. It had this like papery fabric like mesh on the liner and it was just like this white plastic underneath the like removable insole. Just too bad because like they they looked and felt pretty good and I enjoyed wearing them like just around the house for those like, you know, maybe 20 minutes. And then I was like, no, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I love that you're like everything about these shoes. I like the way they looked. I like the way they felt. They, you know, they were everything I wanted as far as sizing is concerned. I had to send them back. Had to send them back. Couldn't do it. Well, I, I understand why, David, you would do that because you really wear the live in hell out of anything that you buy. And I guess you would know if you looked under the hood, in theory, if it were going to deteriorate. Was that your feeling that it would just it wouldn't last the test of uh, your road testing it? Yeah, and they just like sort of felt chintzy, you know, like not having like leather on the inside of the shoe, especially because I was going to wear them without socks most of the time. Mm. Um, that they were just like sort of sticky and like, I don't know, like itchy. It was it, like if these shoes cost like 120, I would have kept them. Mm -hmm. But since they were three times that much is like, no, I, I cannot justify this. I'm just going to turn this into like real McCoy stuff that I wear forever. And like probably buy that dumb Sturgis t-shirt because I think like a lost and found you only get credit when you send stuff back. Is there some way that Yucatan can uh, flow us some like good uh, moccasins? Because I, I, I've been looking at all their stuff lately. I don't think you were here when they did this, but yes, they did do that oh, like uh, uh, four years ago. All right, let's let's get let's make this happen. Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, we they basically like we're not going to do our uh our sample tent at the Rose Bowl. Here's 25 pairs of shoes to like split up Jesus amongst the people. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's how I got a pair of um, their like uh, Pedro boots, which is like yeah. their, their take on like the Pecos with um, a crepe, a rubber sole. Wear those all the time. I've put like two new sets of heels on them. Those are great. 
But just feeling these, I was like, these will not go the distance with me. I, I know it right now. I know it from the moment they went on my feet. Were they lightweight? They look heavy. Yes. Oh, so that's, they were very, that's very dis- light. That's disconcerting. Yeah, they, they, they felt like plastic. And it was a thing like the last time I owned Sebagos, I was maybe 20. And uh, those I bought for like 80 bucks at a mall. And the like I was I mean I was dumber back then like I didn't know nearly as much about shoes no I was smarter back then I didn't know as much about shoes <laughs> uh and uh they, they felt like even that pair was made like to much higher quality it's like I saw these were made in the DR which is like nothing against Dominican Republic at all but like it was just basically like uh Sebago mainline just like throwing this through the production line uh, without really any care to increasing the quality on on what they were producing, and then charging you know three fifty for for that. Well, I mean, you should pat yourself on the back. I feel like there are times where I get a shoe and I don't even like it, but I'm like unable, like I'm unable to will myself. I, I like I delude myself into thinking that I like it. I feel like shoe, shoes more so than any other clothing item I order online. I'm like, no, this will fit or this will be this will work out. I, I still have that problem. Yeah. I did buy running shoes though. Those running shoes that I got at the mall. Yeah. But those those don't count. Well, what what brand? Uh I've been a Mizuno loyalist for like 15 years wow. only with like a brief betrayal to Asics when they stopped making my favorite brand uh or my favorite model is like this is I, I guess just how like shoe companies operate running shoes is like you have to buy new ones like every 6 months when you mm-hmm. have run too much in them. And you find like the the shoe that fits you and like uh, and works for you, and they like keep doing numbers of those. Of like the one that I was on with Mizuno was like the Wave Ascend Eight, and I had been there since the two. And then they just stop and they go like, now we make the Wave Horizon, and we like fucked up a thing that you really liked, and we split it into two different shoes. There's the Wave Horizon and the Wave Inspire, and like you can't wear both of them at the same time. And yeah, they just like do this. So you have to like go down a new path that you don't want to. And I was, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always the like princess in the pea when I go to the running shoe store right. and like the, one of my brands betrays me. Um, <laughs> and I ended up with Sauconies. Uh, it was the first time I've, I've, I've worn those. I'm a, feel pretty good. Yeah. I'm a Hoka man myself. You're a Hoka guy. Yeah. Those, those are very popular. I saw those there and I, uh, they were not for me. My 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 feet are. Uh, they require more technology every time I change brands. And the 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 hokas are uh, my. I, I pronate too much. What's that mean? That uh, you like roll in oh, on your feet. You need more like stability and. Uh, you wear the outside of your heels down pretty bad, huh? I do indeed. Yeah, Hence those Yucatan uh, boots that I keep having to replace the heels. Same problem. Yeah, I, there's a running store in LA uh, called the Runner's Circle, and that's where I go, and that's where I get my hokas. And I've had a similar issue where it's like, yeah, it doesn't feel like they have the exact same model when I come back, but they're really good, and they always get me in the right thing. So shout out, a Runner's Circle. That's a good store. That's like right close to you over in... Um... Uh yeah, by the Galleria. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, I remember that spot. That that's where I used to shop too. I bought like several pairs of Mizuno's there. Nice, yeah, they're sick. 
But yeah, that's a. I, I wish that I could buy, you know, a heritage quality, like ethically made running shoe. But this is just not the. That's not the way that running is. Like the the technology, uh, in these shoes that I need to like not roll my ankle over. And then this is people that used to run, you know, like ultra marathons and like a Nike waffle stomper type thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, running shoes are strange. Yeah, I still run in Nike Free Twos, and I have to look so far to find. They've like they reissued them a bunch of times, but I have to search pretty pretty far and wide every time I'm re-upping. Yeah, the the Hoke is great because I've got a wide foot, and it's like a pretty wide footbed. And man, there I had a Trail Runner before, and now I have a um, yeah, that's called the Clifton, I think. Really. Love those shoes. I have been considering like filling that hole that the uh, Sebagos were going to fill uh, with the unmarked mock sneakers that you wrote up a few days ago, Albert. Right. I'm a fan. Like I, I, they've they've made like unmarked has made this shoe for like three, four years. Like it's been something that's like been pretty consistent on their site, and I've always been like, yeah, I could go for one of those. I could I could see that working, and just have never pulled the trigger. That uh, it's sort of like a um, like a van slip on, but like instead of having the elastic on like the sides, it's just like one little strip in the middle, and with leather instead of canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what color to do though. Is like the the like flesh colored ones that like aren't white, but are just like a little bit like pink. I think that's the one, but like I feel like I would be like Buffalo Bill. You know, like just wearing like skin shoes in that because I probably wouldn't wear them with socks. Put the lotion on the slip-ons. I mean, they would. Sometimes you gotta. They would darken, right? They would. They would be like a kind of like a veg tanny kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could wear them out, but then like I would tan too. Not in the same color, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I don't like the flesh color thing. Is tough, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I had a pair of uh, Clark's Desert Boots when they were doing their veg tan thing that they sent uh, like a pair of the Weaver ones that have like the baseball stitch on the toe and a desert boot. And I remember wearing those and one of my friends like making him visibly uncomfortable of like, it looks like you're wearing like feet as shoes. And like that was the only way that he could describe it. It was like, I see it in the corner of my eye and like, I don't like it. It's like I'm I'm sorry, I just need to wear these more. For some reason as a kid I, I had these like like big hobbit feet you could put over your shoes, like for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like the like the Jack Johnson like <laughs> uh, shoes that look like feet. Yeah, and they had like knuckle hair Wait, on them. So. You just <laughs> happened upon these? No, as a I don't know, I they must I don't know what they were. Maybe they're like merch or something, or I don't know what they I we had them in my house. Or it was a costume or something, but they were very weird. That's what I'm thinking of now. You got something recently, Albert, that I noticed on your TikTok feed, at least. That's right. Uh, big, big find at the Rose Bowl flea market. I, um, uh, big religion reveal here, guys. I'm Jewish. Um, and I've always been looking for like a cool Star of David. But I, it's a really hard thing to find. I feel like there's a lot of good... Well, I don't know. This might be my personal bias. I feel like there's a lot of cool... Uh, merch for Gentiles and not so much for Jews. Um, 
And, a lot of great uh, Catholic merch. <laughs> yeah, a lot Catholic, of Catholic merch, merch is strong. As a fellow Jew, I'm not a jewelry guy, but yeah, I feel like there's a paucity of of Star of David pieces out there. Yeah, so at um, at the Worn Over Time booth, I saw this like enamel Star of David, and I was really drawn to it. And then I went and I picked it up and I flipped it over, and on the back was a Saint Christopher, um, which was crazy. I mean, because that is not something that you normally find. And I'd always wanted a St. Christopher kind of, I just knew like, you know, Steve McQueen had one. There's kind of this long history of cool, you know, fashion adjacent people wearing them in history. And, but I didn't feel like right about it, obviously, because I'm not Catholic. Um, or not because I'm not Catholic, uh, just because I, it seemed strange. And then to have this be a dual religion medallion. So I, I spoke to the guy um their enamel made in japan in the 60s he bought all the stock from this like one dealer and he sells them to ralph lauren but uh just i guess the you know there's this you'll mention that right there's this market for he will mention that there was a market for um you know saint christopher's when you know because surfers were wearing them and i guess maybe the thought was like there's going to be jewish surfers that want to wear uh i don't know or you know but it was like very specific to me, to so a Jew that wants to wear St. Christopher. It felt like kismet, and I, I had to buy it. I just had to. Yeah. It's kind of long, too, which I like. I feel like I don't have anything that long. And I feel like I want to wear I feel like, you know, that picture of Paul, uh, Paul Newman in, when he's in shooting for Exodus, and he's got like a long star of David, and he's very ripped. That's kind of what I want to channel this summer. Have you bought anything new, Reed? Uh, I bought some more TSS because <laughs> I've got a problem and refuse to address it. What'd you get? Did you send it back? <laughs> no, of course not. Even if it doesn't fit, I just like let it stare back at me in my closet until I sell it some other point. Like I'm because I buy it on sale, so a lot of times it's final sale. Um, and I don't feel like being the person that just like emails customer service back and forth, so I'll list it on Grail or something. But no, I uh, I bought the. I honestly don't even know what it's called. It's like the mixed cotton cardigan. It's navy and like kind of like white flecked, but I also noticed there was some like pink and other colors when I got it, which is pretty cool. They changed up their sizing, which broke my heart because I don't think there was a brand that I was like more familiar with the size scale than TSS. Um, I just thought like, I thought the site had listed it wrong when they were like extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. I was like, ah, it's a conversion. And then I got it and I was like, oh shit, they just changed them to to letters instead of numbers but uh yeah it's awesome it is like i haven't been this happy with a it's only been a few months with a sweater since i got that entire world uh crew neck which is also awesome i love that thing so much they have not restocked them and i'm just like just out here i refresh that stupid knitwear page like every four days being like is today the day um but yeah that it's it's an awesome it's an awesome sweater i had not bought any TSS since I bought a suit a while back. Um, but yeah, now I'm, I'm pretty happy with this cardigan. Congratulations. Any day that Reed receives TSS is a good day. Yeah, Essence picked up TSS, which was, which was a big deal because I, TSS always goes on sale, no matter where it is, just because people don't look at it and it's expensive. But Essence doesn't buy in anything lightly, so they have like 30 SKUs. So if anyone out there likes TSS, um, I've already had my pick. You can, you can take your crack at it. 
the the sizing changing is so devastating when like a brand or a piece you like fits just right and i i had that experience with knickerbocker kind of swap their their bottoms are all different now they used to have when they had this like kind of high-waisted pleated pant they carry like in the early days that pant fits me like nothing else and then and now none of their bottoms fit the same they don't kind of hit the waist right and they're all short on me i don't know final topic to get into here is uh it's really hot i've mentioned that a few times and uh thinking about tank tops you know it's a thing that i have not approached in many years in my life and i feel like now might be the time that like uh and maybe just because, like, the media diet that I've con- been consuming of, like, I, I rewatched the Leonardo DiCaprio, like, Romeo plus Juliet, you know, like, wings plus horns uh, recently. A lot of great, like, uh, Hawaiian shirts or camp shirts over tank tops and that. I've also been rewatching The Sopranos, not nearly as gra- glamorous of a fit, but is giving me some tank top envy. Now, is this a road that uh, you have gone down before? If so, like, I don't know if there, there needs to be necessarily a luxe version of it, but you know, just ones that are very particular. I, I, will, I still will not wear the kind of like suns out, guns out tank top, and I'm never going to, like a graphic tank top. But yeah, the white ribs undershirt that, that I think we're all thinking mm-hmm. of. I've really, the, the Hanes A shirt. The Hanes A shirt. I've really embraced that in the last, like, starting last summer, but really this year too. Um, I, but I, I agree that I feel like I don't, I don't know what my obligation is as a conscientious consumer to buy a nicer tank top because, you know, it's like, I am willing to buy a nice t-shirt cause I wear on the outside of my clothes and a lot of my tees are, you know, on the higher end of that spectrum. But kind of, as I feel about underwear, I'm like, I, I don't, or like socks too. Like I just it would get prohibitive because I feel like you're also, there's also an expectation that kind of like underwear, kind of like socks, tank tops, you don't hang on to for that long because you kind of burn through them a little faster. Um, so it's like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I also don't know really who's making a good, I know that MERS makes a tank, but it's not ribbed and I want it to be like a ribbed one. So I, I don't know what your mm-hmm. thoughts are on that. Yeah. Cause I guess like my use case is I want to like, wear a shirt unbuttoned yeah and i just can't do that in polite society mm-hmm. uh without having something underneath and having a t-shirt underneath is like too much when it's this this hot and i i agree with you there is like i i, I the t-shirt has been done to death in a higher end like upscale markets but there are things of like if it's being seen um yeah i feel like you could do something with it like with socks like i've, I've talked many times before about my love of capital socks is they just like make me happy. They have some character and be like, Oh, I'm feeling in like this kind of a sock mood today. And you can, uh, do things with that with underwear. Like I buy all my underwear at Costco. They're probably made in some condition that I do not, uh, would not approve of, but I don't know where else to go to do something of just like buying them in such quantity and having them be somewhat like, I don't want to say disposable, but like with underwear, that that might be where you're going. Um, and tank tops, yeah, it's sort of like a weird liminal thing between like a t-shirt that you're wearing alone. Because like I, I couldn't maybe mark my words, but I don't see myself like wandering around outside in just a tank top anytime soon. I climb a lot these days in basketball jerseys because I got a lot of old champion ones. 
Um, but I only own like two American apparel ones from years and years and years ago. And they're pretty, like, they're just normal. I think one's gray and one's like off white, maybe a crew. Um, never did the rib tank. <laughs> That's what we're calling them. Correct. These days. That's the, is it, is it the rib tank or the a tank? We don't call it the old thing. Yeah. My dad used to call them tenement shirts, which is, I feel like, not as offensive. No, it's a, it's a as, middle ground uh, of offensiveness. Yeah. It's like you're halfway there. Yeah. We, so the best one that I've seen that I don't own is the linen one from SK Manor Hill, which is like that. It's, it's tangentially real, related to engineer garments, I think, and like they, they might help them with production or something, but it's technically not an eg or like a nepenthes brand um although i think the stuff's great that linen tank though that he does is incredible that don't like it's awesome we used to stock them they um i think they do them like in a crew in a navy it's a 200 dollar tank top it's incredibly <laughs> expensive but they're dope it always goes on sale like that should always hit sale unfortunately for him, not for us, I guess. Um, but then there was this brand that we stocked also at Union Bank called Heman. Heman? Heman? All right. This is the one that like did the, we were talking about their potential to do a union suit a while back. Yeah. And they do a lot of tanks. Like we stocked a lot of them and they feel kind of like, they're not like MERS, <laughs> where the MERS ones, MERS did some stuff really well. Like I love their crewnecks. There's, those yeah. Kinect sweatshirts are great. Uh, some of their t-shirts were really good. Other stuff just like fit like you were wearing later, Hosen. <laughs> and uh, I felt like the tanks were kind of that way. I mean, I don't think I would ever have bought one of those tanks just where I was at. Um, still probably wouldn't grab one. Not to despair. It's just not my thing. But yeah, I feel like the human stuff or hem again, sorry to the brand. I feel like their stuff is a little bit more like handsy for lack of a better term. Like it feels, it's not disposable, but it just has that like hand to it a little bit more. Like it, it feels familiar where the MERS stuff would always sort of struck me. Cause like, it'd be like, this is a t-shirt, but it doesn't feel like a t-shirt. Great cotton. It was super soft, all that stuff. But like, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like the thing you were familiar with um, down to their very thick underwear. Um, like I'm certain, like I was always just like, Respect to the people that, because people would buy it like six at a time. And I'd be like, feel like you're not getting a lot of breathing with this stuff. Like no experience, no, no prior knowledge. It's just, this is thick cotton. Yeah. That's a lot of my like dissuasion from uh, high end underwear is it just seems incredibly uncomfortable and not designed nearly as well as the stuff that you can buy like six for $10 at Costco. Yeah, none of them seem to be taking like I feel like the materials are pretty carefully developed also over at those places in the sense that like Hanes can make a cotton t-shirt for for $12 like if they're putting something else in the boxers I assume it's for a reason you know they're like yeah they can like stress test it on chimpanzees for like five <laughs> yeah. years before they send it to me like, like I'm not trying to give them any credit here but it's like they have they have the ability to produce what these like MERS is producing boxer wise and they're like absolutely not sir yeah, to create like a true commodity product, like is uh, 
supplies is what someone I know calls it. I guess I guess what I want to like I'm trying to be aware of is I feel like when we talk about you know a ninety dollar two pack of T-shirts, I feel like the reaction people have to that is the reaction I have when someone confronts me with like high end underwear or like a high end tank top. I like scoff, but I know like you know there are people that are like laughing in my face when I'm saying Whitesville is a great T-shirt. It's worth ninety bucks for two. You know, so I know it's different. I know there's there's kind of this expectation that you blow, will blow through your tanks, but I don't know. The argument for and against underwear being expensive is, I feel like, the same argument. Yeah. Which is weird to say, but, like, I used to always sell expensive hoodies and T-shirts and stuff like that to folks by being, like, you will pay $1,700 for a tuxedo you maybe wear once at, once a year if you're going to events, but you have, for some reason, an issue spending $180 on a hoodie you'll, you're going to wear six times a week. Yeah, like your cost per wear is going to be, you know, infinitesimally small on that hoodie. I promise you, it'll last for forever. Mm-hmm. But the underwear thing is fascinating to me because it's like, yo, don't buy that because that is touching all the bad parts, right? Like, just like that's just like catching all the bad sweat. But then it's like, yo, buy the good stuff because it's touching all the good parts. Like, don't don't fuck around with the thing that is like directly on your junk all day long but then at the same time it's like yeah man that's a weird thing to be investing in i don't know like it's the the same argument i feel like works works opposite ways as far as nice underwear in regards to replacing it don't wear ripped underwear is my like my rule yeah and i feel like you know to be a to be a certain level of like competent adult person who is hopefully having sex with other competent adult people it's like you want to have fresh underwear in the rotation that's nicer you know and i think like maybe tank is the same everyone has their tuesday pair and their friday pair like yeah, that is yeah. like you like everyone has their tuesday pair and their friday pair but like tuesday pair still can't have ribs if you're like a, as you said a competent adult i feel like that's where you got to draw the line yeah like i finally like i got some like kind of like nicer calvin they weren't like extremely nice by any means but i got some like calvin klein ones and i'm like okay if I have, if I feel like I'm having company, this is the one That's I wear. That's the Friday pair. That's the Friday pair. That's the Friday pair. <laughs> Saturday needs to be in for the long haul. It's a completely different ballgame. <laughs> that's where you need. The, that's where you need the performance fabrics. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. It's a. It's an interesting proposition. Yeah, we used to sell like the Sunspell boxers too, and I'd be like, Sea Island Cotton is super soft and i love this stuff but like a is it pre-shrunk because that would be a weird thing to consider in boxing boxer buying but then like also is this necessary you can always get a uh, a full set of our teamster tees which are only 22 bucks a piece wow there's the middle ground or uh yeah uh, that was what i was aiming for with those it's like it's 22 bucks you can get 10 percent off with the code blowout 20% off if you become a Heddles Plus subscriber. That means those tees are like 18 bucks. Yeah, I'll do a little testimonial yeah. for the for the Teamster tees right now. I feel like they're a nice tee. You know, they're very solid. And I, I don't feel like I have to baby them. And I know that they need to be really well broken in for them to hit their kind of maximum potential. So I've also been wearing them to work out. Obviously, I wash them after. But I've been like kind of being a little rougher with them. And I think it's, you know, I don't have any concerns about that. It's kind of a nice zone i'm wearing one right now 
And uh, you also don't have to worry about the conditions in which they were produced. We love that. Hanes you do. That Hanes is like a do. that is a key feature Hanes you do. of the and brand. I, you you worry and you're just like, I can't think about this. But I I think I bought like I don't know how many come in a pack of Hanes, maybe like five or six. They all varieties. Like, it depends on where if you buy them at Walgreens, it's three. If you buy them at Target, five with the bonus six. They never have a five pack ever. It's always been with the bonus six. It's just like it's like gap might as well change it. It's like gap with the forty percent discount. Well, yeah, I mean, so I got the the extra six or, you know, bonus six pack at Target in the Hanes tank. And the they're made pretty ba- bad. Like the, there's like all this like runoff on the, the, the shoulder here that I had to snip off on all of them. And then I still have like, I say I think I have three left, but one of them tore the first day, just like taking it off my body. So, you know, it's like pretty hit or miss with those. Don't know your own strength. It is because I'm very strong. <laughs> also a feature, not a bug with those. Um, yeah, no, when you buy a six pack of Hanes teas, you, you're hoping for four good ones. You're like, four <laughs> of these will be usable after the first wash. Like, if I'm lucky, like, there's a chance for two. That's the lemon pack. Uh, everyone, you draw the short straw sometimes. Um, but yeah, like the good ones last for a little while. You always feel when you're like, oh, this one's not in great shape because you'll put one on sometimes and it, like you can feel the air through the seam. Like it's just sort of hit your shoulder. You're like, oh, that's different. This is ventilated now. Uh, I don't buy scratchers anymore. I just buy uh, Hanes <laughs> like six packs. That's the rush that I get. It's a true lottery system. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, Hanes, and the sizing scale is also not always consistent on those. Like my, when people are like, what size do you wear? I'm like the big one. And then I just wash the hell out of it because you can always dry two sizes out of a Hanes if you need to. But they make them at so many different factories that like, it's just, I don't know. Whatever you get, you get. Blowout. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll have links to this stuff in the description that I can remember that we talked about. Um, if you want to get a discount on some Teamster Tees, as we said, join at uh, heddles.plus. Just go to heddles.plus in your browser. You can get your first month free with the code extra blowout, and that will get you 20% off all the Teamster Tees that I can shove in an envelope. Read if, if people have any questions, comments, concerns. What's our email address? Blowout at heddles.com. Thank you. And uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can either like send us a voice memo on that email, or you can call us at 720-675-7098. As long as our lawyer lets us play it, we'll play it. Okay, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Catch you guys next week.